Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. This evening marks the end of another year. And for those of us who are, oh, a bit towards middle or, or older age in life, one year maybe doesn't seem like, like such a big deal, but for those of us who are perhaps on the younger end of that life spectrum, a year is, is a huge amount of time. People all around the world, of course, will celebrate uh, this evening or their evening and into the early morning hours, whatever time around the world they are. And, uh, when you go home, you can see on the news uh, clips of, of different celebrations that have happened or that are happening around the world. And maybe some of you will be attending parties and festivities yourselves uh, later on this evening. However, although all the parties and celebrations would seem to indicate otherwise, people in general don't always deal so well with the passing of time. For example, some people like to joke about their age and, and uh, jokingly uh, will say that they are younger than they actually are. Uh, some people I know will say that every birthday they have every year is either their 19th or 25th or 30th birthday, even though they've been claiming that for many years and perhaps even decades at this point. And the reason they do that, and sometimes we do that, is because we don't like to face the reality of aging. And the reason very often that that is the case, at least subconsciously, is because we also don't like to face the reality of death, of our own eventual death. So we may joke about aging, but the passing of a, another year really is no joking, no laughing matter. Because when time has passed, it is gone forever. We can't get that time back and we can't go back and, and change the past or make up for lost time that has gone by. So how did this past year that is now drawing to a close go for you? Suppose that tonight, this very night, we all had to appear before the judgment seat of God, and suppose God would say to you tonight, I want you to justify your use of this past year. And on the basis of your justification, your rationale, your excuse-making for what has happened this past year, then, on that basis, I will decide whether or not to grant you another year of life on this earth. If that was the case, if that was the standard for entering into a new year, how would you do? How many of us would get another chance if, if we had to justify our use of, of every moment of time for this past year that is coming to a close? Oh, we certainly mean very well. We planned well, perhaps. We had the best of intentions, but you know what they say about intentions. We had the brightest of plans, but when it came down to it, well, it's funny, but things just didn't play out the way that we meant them to. It's funny, but really it's no laughing matter at all. The time is gone and we are hard-pressed to justify our use of that time, to justify it to ourselves, much less to God. How can we move into the future, into the new year, based on our performance in the past? 
we have to admit that no matter what our age or stage in life, we are all less than ready for the coming of the new year. What will happen? Will we be able to handle the future and whatever it brings? Will we be able to overcome our weaknesses and failings to live through days that might bring poor health, might bring failure or or challenges in in business or in work, might bring the death of a loved one or, or even worse? If we look at the future on the basis of the past, this is really no laughing matter at all. Where will we find the strength, the ability, the talent, the wisdom, or the power to live through the coming year and to come out on top on the other side? Our sermon text for today from Isaiah chapter 63 looks into the future also. The divinely inspired prophet Isaiah is looking ahead for a people facing an uncertain future. Many of the chapters in Isaiah's book of prophecy talk about judgment that God threatened would come upon his people, the the so-called people of God, the Israelites. So the prophet Isaiah calls them to look at the past. And as they do so, they find that the past is far from hopeful for them. Listen to what Isaiah tells God's people in chapter 48 of his book of prophecy. He says, Listen to this, O house of Jacob, you who are called by the name of Israel, you who call yourselves citizens of the holy city and rely on the God of Israel. For I knew how stubborn you were. The sinews of your neck were iron, indicating that they would not bow down and submit to God and his will. Therefore, I told you these things long ago. Will you not admit them? And in chapter 10, Isaiah writes, Woe to those who make unjust laws, to those who issue oppressive decrees to deprive the poor of their rights. What will you do on the day of reckoning when disaster comes from afar? To whom will you run for help? Where will you leave your riches? Based on rather harsh words like these, there is little reason for optimism as Isaiah points the people of God toward their future. Based on their past performance, these people who had wandered away from God's will and his ways so many times have little to propel them into what they might wish would be a better future for themselves. Certainly the prophet could have called the people to get their own houses in order. Through the prophet, God would have been justified in commanding them to overcome their failings, to set their hearts right, to turn away from their sins, and to follow him. But there's none of that in these words of our reading this evening. The prophet is aware that the people of his day, just like us, were totally incapable of saving themselves. Certainly he could have struck a note of despair as he looked at the future. Here, he might have said, look at what you have done and what you have failed to do. Look at the mess you have made of the time that you have been given by God. It's a disaster. You've fallen away. You've chased after other gods, false gods. You've done your own thing and you have ignored my call to service. In short, you have built the time into nothing. A broken collection of misspent days and years. 
What right do you have to expect anything in the future but trouble, hardship, confusion, and calamity? For us, however, we can face the future with confidence. Not with frivolous hopes or or wishful dreams about a a rosy future. And not with the the passing pleasures of of fun and entertainment that helps us pretend that that the future isn't here. No, instead we have the joyful confidence of eternal life through Jesus, our Savior. For the fearful, for those paralyzed by the fearsome events of the future, for those who can't save themselves and who can't overcome the obstacles of life on their own, God sends his good news message through the prophet Isaiah in our reading from Isaiah chapter 63. In verse 7, he writes, I will tell about the Lord's mercies, about the praises of the Lord, about all that the Lord has done for us, about his great goodness to the house of Israel, which he performed for them according to his abundant compassion and according to his great mercy. In his love and in his pity, he himself redeemed them, and he took them up and carried them all the days of old. Isaiah is telling us, look to your God. Look to the God of kindness, the God who has kept his promises, the God who deals with us according to his mercy and his love, and not according to judgment. But the most precious of the helps that the prophet has for us is even more reason for joy than a glance at God's past kindness or his refusal to deal with us according to our past performance. God's message of love and mercy has become personal, tangible in Jesus. Neither the past nor the future are cause for despair or fear because of what Jesus has done for us. In the words of our reading, he felt anguish because of our anguish. Jesus came down and more than just encouraging us, more than just pushing us ahead, he himself goes way into the future. His life and death and resurrection have redeemed us and have prepared us already for the new year that is coming. And when we fail, he will lift us up and he will carry us just as he has always done in in the days of old. At this time of year, we celebrate the coming of Jesus into this world, his birth in Bethlehem. But he didn't come simply to give us a demonstration of how we should live in following God's ways in our life. He came to us in this world, in our time, to make us new, his new creation, so that we could live joyfully with him now and for all eternity. By his presence and power, by the life that he won for us, by his perfect life and his innocent death on the cross and his resurrection, we now look at the past with confidence that we are fully forgiven through him. And we face the present with the full assurance that we are supported and strengthened by his love and forgiveness for us right now, each and every day of our lives. And we face the future with the certainty that his love will never let us go. It's fashionable, at least wishfully, to hope that 
Tomorrow will be better because it is the first day of the new year. We are to cling to the dream that the new year will be better because it's new. That because somehow the the power to be new lies in the calendar, changing the the date from, from December 31st to January 1st and the new year, passing of time and and the beginning of of that new year on the calendar. But of course, there's nothing inherently special in a new calendar date. The year may be different, but we are still the same people, passing into simply another man-made block of time. There's one thing that we can be sure of. The same failures and the same weaknesses that have affected us in the past will continue to do so in the future. Because of our sinful nature, we will continue to fail, to sin. But God gives us a positive outlook on the new year. We have joy in the forgiveness of our sins that Jesus has won for us by his death on the cross. And in God's promise of forgiveness, of faithfulness, and of blessing every day of the future. God keeps his promises, and he has done so perfectly in Jesus. This new year is met by a new you and a new me. We are new creations because of Jesus and, and our faith in him that God has given to us. So rejoice. Face the future with a full confidence of God's love and blessing for you through Jesus. Amen.